and welcome to the world of small talk, where we have small conversation with deep implications. I'm your host, Nate Pearson. And I'm Ronald Taylor. All right. We're back for our third episode of Small Talk, and we have some crazy topics to go over. How's your week been, Ronald? Good, man. I am excited to see what we have in store today. A little anxious, but I think we're going to do well off the coattails of our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. Okay. Without further ado, we're going to hop right in. All right. This one says, I rage quit my job. A few days ago, I rage quit in the middle of a shift at my job. I couldn't stand being there for another second after six months of agony. I want to go to work at my friend's gun store for $15 an hour with no benefits. While my former job, I was being paid $22 an hour with benefits for backbreaking labor. But my parents don't want me to work there since it pays so much less. Since I pay rent to them, I feel obligated to take jobs they want me to do. How do I tell them I rage quit and want to work at my friend's gun store? Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the tough thing with that is, why did you rage quit? Like, what is happening at this job? (laughs) After six months, he couldn't take it anymore. He was just like, (laughs) do you think he's a gamer since he used the term rage quit? (laughs) I feel like he has to be. I mean, I, I'm a gamer, so I'm not, not, not you know, no shots. But yeah, gone. Yeah, I mean, one like that's tough, you know, from going to making pretty good money to fifteen dollars an hour. But yeah. I mean, really, like you know that phrase, "Love what you're doing, and you'll never work a day in your life." Like, I think you know, you definitely want to get into a place where you're you're in a good culture and in a good environment. And I think right now, (laughs) right now, I mean, he already quit, you know, like there's really no this or that. I mean, you're going to have to fess up to your parents eventually, you know, like you've got to have that conversation because it's already been done. It's not like, Hey, should I rage quit? No, you already did it, buddy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh man, you should at least put the two weeks in and just wrote it out. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, you're good. I, I don't know. I I really I don't know much of of how to elaborate on that because I like I now I just want to know what happened. You know, now I'm invested. I I want to. <laughs> he did. I want the I want the tea. <laughs> Said it was backbreaking labor. Maybe he was just physically exhausted. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but if that's the case, just take a day off, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely not worth rage quitting. You know, there there's got to be maybe something behind the the culture of of where he was working in it and not just being healthy, you know, maybe like poor management or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm picturing like factory job. He's just working there on the line. And one day he's like, I've had enough of this and like throws it down and walks out. I'm like, tired of looking at this one part over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you've already quit. So you can only move forward from here. And it it's it looks like it's between nothing or the gun shop job yeah you know? and so i mean if you he said he's living at home he's paying rent i mean if you can afford to still live at home at that that pay rate and pay your parents rent like i really i don't i don't have any opposition to that especially if you get there and you really enjoy it you know? do do you think he should feel obligated to his parents to take a job that they want him to take or uh, I don't think so. Um, I think the only obligation you have to your parents is if you're living at home, you're obligated to pay that rent 
Right? Yeah. You're obligated to, to respect them and, you know, be under that authority, like, financially. But I don't think it's, like, I don't agree with the aspect of they pick out your job for you and you have to do that job. You know, I think we're, we're kind of coming into the lines of, like, my parents want me to be a dentist and a doctor. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think you're obligated to have that type of lifestyle. You know, I know so many people, um, my wife included, where you kind of have families that have, have a set expectations on jobs you should have and careers you should have. And then if you don't fulfill that, you're kind of like the black sheep ostracized from the family because everybody else is a doctor or a dentist, you know? Yeah. And I mean, take the step and go against the grain because when I was, I went to nursing school for two years before I decided I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I had to have some hard conversations with my family because I'm going to college and changing my major right when I'm about to be done. But it's worth it. And if you have, you know, good family around you, they'll understand and they won't, they're only, it's just because as you get older, you tend to view things for your kids, um, which I don't have kids, but just from looking from that parent's lens, from mm -hmm. a financial standpoint, like you want what's best for your kids and for them to be set up and prepared. Right. Uh, and, you know, and that's what I hear from a lot of my dad's conversations with me. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're just trying to think of what's best for you and help you get set up in the long run. So, I mean, yes, you need to think about that. But there's a balance between thinking about finances and also enjoying life. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was actually leading to the next thing I was going to mention. Man, I think they just want my dude out of the house. Uh, yeah. You know, they're like, <laughs> well, this $15 an hour job doesn't seem sustainable enough for you to get out of the house and pay rent somewhere else. Especially with no benefits. Yeah, especially in this Joe Byron economy. <laughs> you know, like, I can't even afford to put gas in my truck right now, let alone think about paying rent somewhere. You know, and so I uh, I do I do see and understand that. So I would suggest like, okay, well you wanna work at this gun shop, sure, like that could be an immediate transition period yeah. to where you're still having income, you're not just in your mom and dad's basement playing video games all day. But I definitely would be cognizant of, okay, well, what do I want my future to look like? Yeah, you know, do I do I want to live here forever? And like Lord willing, the answer to that is no, you know, like Lord willing, you want to get out of the house, find somebody. I don't know if you're in a relationship or not right now. You know, you hopefully Lord willing want to get married someday, start a family. And man, those things are really hard to be making $15 at a gun shop, you know? And so another question is, is there a room, is there a room for me to move up at this gun shop? Like, am, can I like, you know, move up in positions, become an assistant manager or part owner or so on and so forth where the pay raise would go up. But if not, and you're going to be stuck at $15 an hour just as a store clerk or something, I definitely would be, you know, leaning toward the thought of, okay, well, let me look toward another job. It doesn't have to be a job that my parents want me to have per se, but it should be a reasonable pay grade at a career that you think you should have some longevity at. Yeah. I just want to, before we move into our next topic, you just really painted a picture for me saying this Joe Byron economy, then you mentioned <laughs> your truck in the same sentence and you have a deer mount behind you. <laughs> two deer mounts of that. Yeah, two deer mounts. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> God bless. All right. <laughs> okay, so has 
Oh, has anyone met a sponsored child as an adult? 15 years ago, my wife and I sponsored a child in Africa for $38 a month for school and clothes. We have recently connected on Facebook. I am thinking about bringing him to the U.S. He is a 22-year-old now and is asking to come. My wife is over the moon about this, but I have some trepidation. My wife was the one who wrote him all these years at the sponsor's recommendation, but I always read his letters. I am simultaneously excited and nervous. He is around the same age as my natural-born children. It has been wonderful to see him grow and thrive. I am slightly worried about being scammed. I am also worried about overloading him and just showing him too much. He he comes from a very poor area. He wants to stay for three months. I have the room at my house. He can have his own room. Providing for him will not be a problem. Has anyone done this before? What advice can you give me? Dang. So this is a sponsored child through a legitimate organization. It's what it seems like. And then they can okay. it on Facebook once he got old enough. So not one random email saying I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I want to give you a million dollars if you send me 2,000 U.S. dollars. Right. If they've been scanned, they've been scanned for 15 years. You might as well yeah. get through the rest of it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one side of that, I think, man, if you're able to do it, that would be cool. You know, uh, let alone just the logistics of it being impossible to... Yeah to get people over from Africa. I mean, uh, I know a few people just, you know, doing ministry and, and mission work that it is, especially for that length of time, it is next level impossible to try to get a visa, um, yeah. to get over here for any amount of time. And it is crazy expensive. Um, cause mo I mean, money talks, you know, the more money you can throw at something, the better option you have of getting something to happen. But you know, it, I think it's just going to be a point of, is it worth it to you? You know, uh, I would also say if you're just communicating over letters, you know, there would definitely have to be a sense of, of security and things set in place, you know, when inviting a complete stranger to come stay with you. So, you know? so yeah. I don't know the basis of their relationship. Yeah. yeah. We at least, we at least need to do, um, a few video calls <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. And also <clears throat> anyone who's 22, that's like, that's an adult you're bringing into your home. Yeah. yeah so, <clears throat> and you have kids, I don't know if they still live in the home or not because they're around the same age, but you gotta be careful and it could be completely legitimate, but, and his wife is excited, but he needs to sit down and have a conversation with her of, is this the right move? And also think about what benefit are you providing for him? It's a great experience, but if he's from a poor area, he said he doesn't want to bring him over here and lavish him, you know, like, because mm -hmm. that's just going to make it that much harder to go back. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the right to experience a better life because he does, but yeah, right. it's just something to think about. Yeah. You know, and it's funny cause I, you know, I went to Uganda in the winter of 2019 and it was actually really cool to have some conversation with, you know, the, the native pastor that we partner with and just talking about, you know, how cool it would be to be able to bring him and his family over to speak to our church, you know, and to kind of communicate through what that partnership has done for them and what that looks like because we were able to go and stay with them, you know, and yeah. it's funny to, to hear, you know, native Africans say, man, I, you know, I love America. Like, but it would be too much for me. Yeah. Like I, I love my lifestyle here and I don't think the American lifestyle is fit for me, 
you know, just even as young men through middle-aged men. Um, we had a guy that uh, we, we partner with and, you know, have a ministry relationship with who wanted to come work, you know, a summer on staff with us. And, you know, his goal wasn't to come live in the U.S. forever, but it was to come minister and partner with a ministry because he's had relationships with people from that ministry, you know. But he hasn't been able to just because the visa stuff is so expensive. You know, he just it hasn't been feasible to get that that passing through. And so but there are also people that are just obsessed with trying to get to America and start their new life. You yeah. know, and so there there is a place where you kind of have to tread lightly of okay well when he gets here you know just like you were saying with setting that expectation when he gets here where do you go from there you know is this just going to be a three-month visit or is there a goal for him to maybe potentially go to school here or to get a job here and try to go in that direction you know like i think there needs to be expectations set on what you want to do and then really looking at how feasible that is um, but also having some some defense mechanisms and say and like in place of like, okay, well this is a full grown adult that's coming to stay with us. How much do we really know about him? How much do we know about his family? Like, how is he serving his community? You know, what is life looking like? And I would even say like, not even just their expectations of the husband and wife bringing somebody over, but what are his expectations? You know, like what are what are you expecting in your trip over here? And kind of setting some some a ground plan, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, this says can't stop giving money away. I am a people pleaser and have a hard time saying no to people, especially when it comes to guys and relationships. Well, I have this friend more than a friend. I'm known for a year, and I don't know how to stop from giving him money. Every paycheck I give him is fifty. To, I give him um, fifty to two hundred dollars, sometimes more. And I added it up, and I've given him almost three thousand dollars. I cannot keep doing this, and it's making me struggle paycheck to paycheck. I've told him this, but obviously he doesn't care. Please, no rude comments. I've tried to say no, cut them off. It's a toxic situationship that I can't get away from. I need help. Golly. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> red flag. <laughs> uh, run. I mean, I don't know. Because like, I think at the end of the day, I, I definitely understand the, the people-pleaser aspect of that. I understand feeling the pressure of wanting somebody to be happy with you and being able to help and serve. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I, I love being able to give what I can, you know, mm-hmm. even sacrificially, like if somebody needs it more than I do, you know. Um, but once it starts coming into financial hardship and it's not, I think it, it's coming from, okay, I want to help them because I can and I love them and I appreciate them. I think it's becoming, it's going from that to like a fear-based, I have to or something will happen to me. Yeah. You know, and that is not a place you want to be in. You know, like if your heart is not in giving them money and helping them out or whatever, you really do have to put your foot down in that. You know, like I get the, I've tried to say no, I've tried to cut ties, I've tried to do this. Yeah, but how hard have you? You know, because cutting ties is exactly what it says. You know, you're cutting ties completely. And so, I don't know, it, it just kind of seems like, it seems like there's some internal stuff going on with them. Like, I think they, they value that relationship still. And I think it's harder for them to cut ties outside of just the financial thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on the way I rephrase some stuff, they are more involved. So mm-hmm. that makes it a lot harder to cut off something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. it's, 
you really open a new door of trying to, you know, navigate things. Once that happens, uh, it's just financially, you got to do what's best for you. You're Mm -hmm. not benefiting this person by giving them the money. You're only putting them into a situation to where once you do strip it away, they're going to have more trouble because now they're dependent on you. So the sooner you cut it off, the better. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that is not a relationship you want to be in. No. You know, like if, if your relationship is dependent on the fact that they're pressuring you into giving them money, like that, it's only going to go south. You know, nothing about that is beneficial. That's just a parasitic, toxic relationship. And you just, you really need to get out of that because I know, especially when you're in the midst of that, you know, there's some, there's, excuse me, there's some thoughts of, man, could anybody else love me? Like, am I worthy of people appreciating me? Like, do I just, do I just suck it up and stay in this because I think they're the only person that would stay with me? And the answer to that is no. You know, the answer to that is, man, there are billions of people on this earth, right? And there is somebody out there that will treat you in a way that you deserve to be treated, right? Like, yeah. there is somebody out there that will care for you, like, for who you are and not what you have to offer them. You know, and I think that is, I think that's something that's so important that people really need to understand and see, like, they are not, I know right now they may seem like your world and the only person there, but they're not. And the sooner you can rip that bandaid off and cut that tie, the quicker you can move on without more baggage coming into that relationship. You know? Yeah. Your value is not based on what you can give to somebody financially. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably, you know, that's bottom of the list because that's materialistic. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. all your traits and who you are matters so much more than that. Yeah. And it seems like they're just sucking the life out of them right now. Yeah. Not worth it. It's no. All right, so here's an interesting one. Uh, should I name my child Jezebel? It's just such a pretty name. Now, to preface this, I'm not pregnant, nor am I ever looking to have children anytime soon. In reality, not ever. This is more of a hypothetical question than anything. I just always thought it's such a pretty name. I'm generally aware of the negative connotation the name has biblically, but it's a pretty notable uh, that it's the name of a pretty notable temptress, though honestly I'm not well versed. Feel free to enlighten me further, as well as the name of an old southern wo- an old southern woman would use for rebellious gals. But would there be any <laughs> negative effect in naming a child this? Maybe a few raised eyebrows from old people, sure. But the name is the name really that bad? It could be Jesse or Belle for short. I like the idea of it being a name that can mean rebellious and free will. <laughs> I figured you'd like that one. I love that she said rebellious girl toward old gals. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. um, Yeah, so the one side of things, if they, I mean, if they're not religious, you know, I think it just doesn't really hold that connotation for them. Um, And we actually, I mean, we're definitely continually coming into a culture and society where people are just, they're fully drifting away from name meanings and connotations and things like that, you know, to where I think in their age bracket and their generation, I don't think it really matters to them. Yeah. For me, I, I definitely want, if I'm looking at the names of my future children, I definitely want them to have meaning. You know, I want them to have, some sustenance i want to be able to tell my kids like man your name means this you know and there's a there's a purpose and an identity behind your name um 
and how that reflects, you know, upon their relationship with the Lord. And obviously, you know, the, this person's not in that boat. Um, but I, <laughs> I think that the name Jezebel still has a negative connotation. I think even <laughs> culturally, it's carried over enough to where it has the negative connotation. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, you're, so, you're putting a big burden on your daughter if you did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, sure, like the Jesse or the Bell, you know, things like that. Obviously, in normal settings and interactions, obviously it, it wouldn't have any implications. Goes to get you know, a job. Like they wouldn't care. But it's like, yeah, goes to get a job or is in school and your teacher's like, Jezebel so-and-so? Like, oof. You know, Keeps you just hand put, down. Yeah, I'm you, absent. Just a, <laughs> you just put a target on yourself, you know? Um, so I think, and yeah, I think those are, are implications to deal with. But, I mean... There are people out there named Delilah. Yeah. You know, and man, Delilah was a thought pocket. And so, and she did Samson dirty. You know, if you're not familiar with that story, you know, like she did my dude dirty, go look it up. Um, and so I think, I think there's a place potentially, you know, for somebody named Jezebel. I don't think it would be far fetched there. If you go, if you do a Facebook search, I'm sure there's somebody, somebody named Jezebel. There has to be. Right. And so, you know, if you think the name is beautiful, like if you really love it, I mean, there are plenty of Ladashes and Absidies and all these crazy names out there. I think it would be, it could be something that would bring in trepidation for them for a, a period of time. I would not name my child Jezebel. I, just, I don't want my my child's dead body to be eaten by dogs. Like, it doesn't seem like the way to go. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, man, you know, and, and I get it. Like, for one, like, our name is not our identity in the, in, in the end game. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not identified by the actions of our forefathers. We're not identified by our name. Um, but, man, like... <laughs> Talk about not really setting up your job for success. <laughs> yeah. Well, coming at it from a biblical perspective, naming is a powerful thing. It's not oh, yeah. the end all be all, but whenever like God like came to somebody and was planning to use them for a major purpose, he renamed them. Yeah. Like it gave them a new identity. So it's, and God gave Adam the responsibility of naming all of the animals. So it's, yep. it's definitely a place of authority that's to be used and used wisely. If you're looking at it from that biblical um, lens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul, you know, yep. um, Jacob to Israel, Simon to Peter. And so these are, those are all significant fathers in church history, but you're also looking at, is this person held by that belief? You know, are they a believer? Do they? Yeah. No, if you, if you step outside of that, it's just at that point, it's really, you're looking at what are the implications for my child to have this name throughout yeah, their life? Yeah. All, what, all what's semantics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I setting my child up to be bullied all through grade school? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't think elementary school, they might not know what it means. And once you get to start getting to fifth and sixth grade, it's going to mm-hmm. get ugly from there. Yeah. And I mean, dude, props on you for thinking Jezebel is a beautiful name because <laughs> I don't know if it's like me growing up with knowing the connotation behind that name or even just like the, the, just the purpose and meaning behind that name and people using it in a negative connotation has just like stained my my viewpoint on that name 
But, hey, I mean, to each their own. If you think it's beautiful and your significant other agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, and they said they may, they, they probably won't ever have kids. <laughs> yeah. So this is a huge hypothetical. But yeah, Well, I know tons of people that thought that and end up. Yeah, yeah it seems <laughs> like those are the ones that end up with kids sooner than the other people. Uh, uh, okay, our last one. The squirrels are coming through my ceiling. Okay, so I live with my parents. I'm 19 and in college. And while I was in my room, I saw something fall from the ceiling. I put my glasses on and looked up to see a squirrel's arm aggressively reaching through my ceiling. I told my parents, uh, I told my parents, my dad said he'd fix it later. I'm currently stuck on the couch. What can I do as a temporary fix for my room ceiling? I doubt what my dad will fix the root problem, which is that there are squirrels in the attic. I'm freaked out and I just want my bed back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, the ironic thing is that this story hits so close to home. <laughs> so, when I was interning at Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, <laughs> me and my buddy Adam, so, man, yeah, as a preface, we stayed in cabins on top of a hill, and they did not have, like, plumbing, there's no bathroom, there's no running water, like, we either had to go to the bathhouse or go to a porta john like outside the cabins and they you know they did have an ac unit like a a window unit baseboard heater and insulated floor but that's it i mean just like bare bare wall plywood bunk beds whole nine yards I and mean, we worked at a wilderness camp and <laughs> at one point in that year we walked into our room to discover some of our stuff had been like messed with like <laughs> you could just tell like something was off and I think Adam discovered it and the squirrel ended up running like out of the door <laughs> when he opened the door. But as we went in and tried to like figure out how it got in, there was a hole like in the, in the corner of the room that the squirrel was able to get in from outside and crawl into the room and just like throw a rager in our, <laughs> in our bedroom. And so the answer to that is find a beanie <laughs> and shove that beanie into that corner. <laughs> Cause it will stop that squirrel from getting in there. You see a squirrel wearing a beanie three days later. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm super crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, one, if there is a hole somewhere and your dad is not doing anything to fix it, I would suggest to go to the store and buy some great stuff <laughs> or something and fill that sucker. You can at clean least it up. caulk it for the meantime. It's not the best yeah. solution. It's probably not a good thing to do, but it'll, it'll fill the hole. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I mean, and like, cause like great stuff is super cheap oh, and yeah, great it's, stuff an expa- is- it's an expanding foam. And it'll make it really hard for them to do that. And then I would call pest control. Yeah. <laughs> like, and get rid of those squirrels in the attic. You know, have your dad call pest control. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, great stuff, caulk, a beanie, like, <laughs> whatever it takes to just shove something into that hole and put a temporary Band-Aid on it for the moment. <laughs> for me, it's just the idea of seeing the squirrel's arm just, like, coming down. And it's frantically like, waving it's through coming everything. for you. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's got a hit on you. It's just, like, frantically trying to get into you to murder you. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't envy that. No, never do I want something living inside of my house, whether it be a squirrel or a mouse or ants or anything. Like, they just... 
feels like your space is being violated. You know, ants are the worst. Ants. Oh, yeah. And we here we had a um a spider problem like oh, for dang. a year. So like it wasn't like crazy, but you would see a spider once a day, and you're just like, I know there's more. <laughs> <laughs> And luckily, it's a rental, so at the end of the day, not my problem. I get someone right. else to fix it. But uh, this year, for about a month, it was beetles, and my oh, dog dang. would just just kill the beetles. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be like that that scene in the, in the new Willy Wonka where all the squirrels are just like attacking Veruca Salt. It's like game over. Not dealing with it. Not having it. <laughs> I don't want it. The squirrels can have the house if they're in my home, and I see that happen. <laughs> I guess that's time for me to move. And thankfully, you know, I know some people end up with, like, birds or bats in their chimneys, and then you can't even do anything about it because they're federally protected. Yeah, there's... And so you, you just have to live with them in your chimney. There's a type of bird called chimney something, and, like, they're... I forgot what they're at in the U.S., but it's normal for them just to all fly in the chimney. They all nest there for, like, a season and stuff. Yep. Yeah, we actually have we've got them in the U.S. I mean, not in the U.S. but in North Carolina, which is also the U.S. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I know a few people that have had those and dealt with them, and it's just like chirping in the chimney, and you can't have a fire when they're there, you know? Yeah. And so, but thankfully, you can relocate squirrels. Uh, <laughs> however, you do that, man, it's on you. But I definitely don't envy you. All right, Ronald, do you want to tell people where to find us and what to do when they do? Yeah, absolutely. So, man, guys, if you want to listen consistently, man, go find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, at Smalltalk. Um, I know a few people have had issues with finding our podcast. So if you if you type in Smalltalk and then either Nathaniel Pearson or Ronald Taylor along with it, it should be the first one that pops up with you. Um, it'll be Smalltalk in uh, in like a speech bubble and so that'll be our episode that you guys can find uh if you guys have any questions any advice anything like that uh make sure you guys email us at smalltalk that smalltalk dot smallworldmedia at gmail.com um any news on the q a stuff on spotify uh i think austin's had a pretty full plate he's our um our editor in chief i guess is the but um yeah he's working on it i know this week he did post something on the instagram story so if you follow small world media on instagram and you stay in tune with that you'll see an entry before it's time to post normally too cool yeah and i think maybe this week we can even you and i can share it and put a q a on our yeah on our pages as well if you guys follow us and want to add anything also a little snippet from last week we had tons and tons and tons of people message us with the correct (laughs) pronunciation of naivete (laughs) so because we speak north carolinian (laughs) we were having trouble with pronouncing it and in fairness everybody that i spoke to had to look it up (laughs) naivete on on the correct pronunciation so i don't like it that yeah, I don't either. It sounds it sounds too formal and proper because never do I ever add an a on the end of things. Like I'm not going to the foyer. I'm going to the foyer. <laughs> the foyer. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so do with that what you will. That's your word of the week with us is naivete. Use it in a sentence this week and let us know how that went. (laughs) But we thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully this was a good episode for you guys. And tune in next week to hear what else we got to to get into. All right. We'll see you next time. Later.